Welcome again to the Babbleheads Podcast with Bryson and Corey. <laughs> you can do better. Come on, you can do better. I've heard you do better. <clears throat> Welcome to the Babbleheads Podcast with Bryson and Corey. Welcome back. hey So, we've been out doing things. We've been in the world. Yep. We've been amongst the people. Yes, getting out there, doing the things, all the things. Yes, with the people, amongst the people. I said that exact thing two seconds ago. Yes, you We did. have ventured out into the city. The vast, wide world of Syracuse. Yes, it's so far away from us. Yes. So, we went and did a thing. And that thing was throwing axes. And knives. And... Shooting a bow. Yes, which I kicked your butt at, by the way. I only got to do it, like, once. I did it once and didn't miss the paper one time. Yeah, well, you had all the other people like me to show you how it was done. Or I'm just, like, Legolas incarnate and you're just not. No, I think it's more like, you know, when you have a really stuck pickle jar and the other people loosen it for you and then you get to claim all the credit... That's what it was. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Because you I, went before me, therefore. Yeah, and you the guy were kept giving me way. the direction, and you're like, oh, so I have to aim up really high than I did before. I didn't actually have to aim up, like, at all, because my arrows just were straight and true. No. Because I'm just so much more awesome than you. Yeah, that's totally what happened. Guided by uh, some divine force. No, they were guided by the power of my spirit. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so that wasn't the highlight of the knife. No, no, not at all. <laughs> the, the, the highlight was me being better than you at throwing axes. I wouldn't say better because you never faced me. <laughs> and our recent practice goes to show that that is not the case. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. We have, uh, I have a little trophy to prove that I'm better than you. True. For that day, you won. That and we're day, the manliest. And let's be honest. The day. What matters more? Winning one time, the first time ever, and never again? Or winning the rest of the time i think obviously it's the first time because there was a trophy yeah of course (laughs) so yeah i uh you didn't join the book club no i didn't i've been trying to get you to join for a while so i'm part of and one of the founding members of a men's only book club and sausage fest yeah but there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) and we try to do we meet once a month uh to discuss a different book and just shoot the shit. Uh, usually it's about 10 minutes about the book, and then it's just talking about things for an hour while we have breakfast. You should definitely tell the people the name of the book club. The Super Manly Book Club. What else would it be called? <laughs> so we meet once a month for that, but I try, right now I'm trying every other month to schedule an event where it's not discussion, it's more just doing something very manly. So the first one was shooting shotguns at a skeet shooting i don't want to call it resort but range. they have yeah range but they have like a course and it's like a lot more it's a lot more than just that so it it's feels it feels how yeah compound maybe is you know with all that comes with that word <laughs> but it uh i think we i think the people know what you're talking yeah, about a range kind of doesn't do it justice right So you go and you have all these different spots, like golf, and you want to try and get a certain score. But unlike golf, the higher course, the higher score on the course, the better. So that was fun. So the next one was axe throwing and Mm. knife throwing and And shooting the bow. And he needed more people, so I got to go. Yes. Well, we always open it up to anybody that wants to go. And, uh... It was great. It was a good time. Uh, the place was a little sketchy at first. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's in the middle of, like, the bad part of Syracuse. You mean the entirety of Syracuse. That's rough, man. That was not nice. Syracuse, we love you. Yes. Um, Is in the rough part of Syracuse, let's say. I mean, rough for us, because we're country bumpkins. Yeah, well, so. you pull in the drive, like, the parking lot. And there's police cars there already. Because, well, that's because there's there's chain link fence. We didn't know. No, we (laughs) didn't know that. But yes, you have to drive through like it's a gated parking lot. Yeah. Um, And then there's there's police cruisers galore in there. And you don't really know why. And it turns out when you get in there that there's a police supply store there. And to be the worst, perhaps icing on the cake, 
was that on the top of all the fencing, you could see that there used to be the barbed wire up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was at one point needed in whatever this place was. Right, and then to, to top the whole thing off, this place that we were going to is on the fifth floor. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it has its own facility. You know, that's probably where you can get some pretty cheap rent. Remember yeah. when we were just looking at places where, you know, looking for a commercial space and seeing how much that would be to rent. Yeah. And I bet you, if we want a cheap place, it's on the sixth floor in the worst part of town. Yeah. Oh, it'll definitely not detrimental <laughs> to your business. 100 bucks a month for rent. Yeah, yeah, not detrimental to your business. They might even pay you to use it for a <laughs> foot, couple months. <laughs> foot, foot traffic is definitely, you're going to have a lot of people walking through the door just randomly on the sixth floor in the bad side of town. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I think definitely a lot of people are going to pull up and feel comforted and welcomed. Yeah, especially when there's literally no sign anywhere. The only sign that you see is just above the door, and it's like the size of like uh, like a movie poster. Yeah, and not the big ones, like <laughs> yeah, the like small a... <laughs> ones, like you would hang in your room. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm like, hey guys, just so you know, this is where that is. Yeah, yeah. And there was a road that went through the building. Yeah. Yes, yes. The the it was so obscure that Google Maps took you to the wrong side of the building. Yes, because technically that was the right side of the building, but you then had to take a road through the building to yes. get to the parking lot. <laughs> yes, you had to drive through the building. Yeah, and it wasn't like oh, you know, like an archway. It like curved up and at an angle. Yeah, some architect, some architect was like, oh no, I just realized this building has no parking in front. <laughs> yes, I must find a way. But sir, we've already built the ramp. Just use it. <laughs> but yeah, so mocking the locale aside. Yeah, other than where it was located, the place was pretty sweet. Yeah, once you got in there, you instantly kind of relaxed. I mean, you made sure your car was locked. But once you were inside, <laughs> you relaxed and like, okay, this is pretty legit. I mean, it looked like they had done some sort of cleaning you know, it wasn't too bad on the inside. Yeah, no, it was actually a really pretty nice space. It was industrial yeah. chic. Yeah, and I mean, not like, you know, it looks like they probably recently redid most of the building because you yeah. get in and like the side parts are definitely old and haven't yeah, been I think they probably touched. they probably just got done renovating a lot of it, it looks yeah. like. So well, they, I think that that part of town is part of some kind of revitalization project or something. Probably. But anyway, to the interesting part. So what are we going to do with our our revitalization project? Axe throwing. And knives. (laughs) Yeah. um, So I think a lot of people wussed out because they're like, oh, that's dangerous. Oh, this. Oh, it's going to be really hard. Was it dangerous? Maybe. I think (laughs) anything like that comes with a modicum of danger. Well, when you're literally throwing objects that can cut you. Yeah. And deeply cut you some of them. Like those knives, the points of those knives. Yeah. Yow. Yeah. But I also think that if you approach it with caution and are not stupid about it. I mean, think of what the axes did to the wood and what that would do to human flesh. Yeah. But, you know, if you follow all the procedures... You'll be fine. Because our goal is not to scare people away that might No, definitely it. not. But it is to scare away insurance companies that might want to consider yeah. providing a policy. But um, the axe throwing, I found, was much easier than no, I had definitely. ever imagined. Yeah, it was. And it was, like, a lot of fun. It yeah. Was, it was easy to pick up and a lot of fun. It helped that there was a very knowledgeable guy that we had yeah. um, as an instructor. I don't, I don't remember his name. Tattoo Dave? Something. That's tattoo, what people call him. Tattoo. What's your name, fella? Tattoo Dave. No. <laughs> or Don or something. I forgot. But He um, was a very good guy. Yeah. But it was good because he had experience and he was able to, he went through each and every one of us and just helped us get dialed in on where we needed to be, like positioning, showed us what leg to put forward. He showed us all of that good stuff. Yeah, and you learn, and it sounds crazy to make the comparison, but it's a lot like bowling. Once you learn the follow-through and the the throw, if you can repeat that, you're going to stick it almost every time. Honestly, your body just kind of learns it. Yeah. It, so if you have any athletic ability at all, which neither of us are super athletic people, mm-hmm. but we have just a modicum of athleticism and that's all you need well i don't even think it's athleticism at that point because it was like you see these axes and you're like man i gotta try and throw it so hard 
but I never felt like I was trying that nah. hard to throw it. Nah. I think instead it's just that mind where, okay, I threw it and this happened. I must have to do this next time. Right. Instead of just throwing that, oh, I don't know what went wrong. Yeah. It's we like, analyze it. Exactly. You know, you, you judge by how the axe hit, yeah. if it hits head first, if it hits, you know, uh, handle first, if it hits on the complete opposite side, you can yeah. adjust. Um, the biggest, the hardest thing I think for a lot of people to grasp, and the hardest thing for me to grasp, was slowing down the rotation of the axe yeah. by not flicking the wrist. Yeah. So you feel like you need to like flick it to make it to spin. make it spin. But when in actuality, you really just keep your wrist and hand straight and motionless, and you don't even like let go. You you don't like throw the axe. You just like let it slip out of your grip. Yes, and that's um, something. You know, I was never that great at bowling, but a mutual friend, Bill from college, yeah, he was very good at bowling, and that's what he was trying to say. It's not so much that you throw it; it's kind of you get it going, and it just goes you off let on it, its own. You let it, you you just beckon it on its journey. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you set it upon the path, like, and it follows you, it to man to its manifest destiny. You are now free. Go. <laughs> Go and be free. Find the bullseye, my friend. You must do it for us. You know what? That's what we're missing. That's all we have to do to become professional axe throwers. Huh. Is we, one, we have to name the axe. Obviously. So, so step one, name the axe. Step two, give the axe a pep talk as it flies from your hand, yes. soaring like an eagle. Step three, profit. Yeah. I, uh, but, and all joking aside, I think there's just something, when you throw the axe... It just feels so satisfying oh. every time. No, it's not throwing the axe that feels satisfying. It's the thump. Yeah. And looking up and just seeing it stuck right in there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and I mean, again, it's just, it's so crazy Because there's me. a completely different noise. Yeah. Because, like, we're going to do a lot of, at least I am, comparison to bowling. And, you know, I feel like people that, they think of bowling and a lot of people hate bowling because they get gutter balls left and right. Mm -hmm. So I think it has the same mentality with the axe throwing. People are like, I'm not going to stick the axe. So why would I do it? And I honestly had no idea how it would go. I seriously thought maybe the whole time there we do an hour of training and maybe we stick a couple axes in the tournament, quote unquote. Right. And it is what it is. Yeah. Except for when it actually came tournament time. Yes. I dominated the competition. Yes. Well, so it was a bracket style. Yes. And we need to talk about this. So it was a bracket style, and everybody threw and was graded by the coach. And that determined yes. your seed. And guess who was in the very last seed? Who? Who was it? His name was Bryson. Was I sandbagging? Perhaps, but he was he was dead last. I mean, he had stuck maybe a couple before the actual <laughs> tournament. So uh, they did the seating, and I was like third, or maybe I, I was up there because I had done fairly well. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is great. So Bryson gets up there first, and I forgot who you went against for the first. Cameron. Cameron. So our good buddy Cameron went up against Bryson. Who you'll see, he has vlog, he vlogged. He vlogged. He vlogged it. So pretty soon, I think, you'll be seeing us all axe throwing on his vlog. Yeah. So you, if you're listening to this, you should not pause. Don't pause this. Listen to this. Definitely yes, listen to but this. But write down. Use a pad, of pad and paper, maybe a, maybe a phone, something to jot down. Go and check out uh, Cameron Sanborn on YouTube. Yes. And you'll see him and you'll see us. Yes. In all of our ginormous glory, yes. and you'll be able to see us throwing axes at things. And I think it's probably a little bit like a week or two away, but uh, it'll be great to see. But anyway, so you were matched up first, and nobody expected much of you. And then well, let's I think, be honest, I'm not intimidating looking. Yeah, and I think you went right off the bat I was with very 33 points. <laughs> Which, for the record... Is pretty darn good. Yeah, and I mean, so technically, the max you could get while throwing is if you got all bullseyes, not considering the kill shot, which we'll talk about in a second, yeah. would be 60 points. Right. These are people that have done this never, getting <laughs> up and throwing axes. Yeah. To get, and you have to, it's no like, you stick it and you still get a point. So, yeah, not another bowling comparison, but a 60 is a 300. Yeah. Yeah, so so if you were to throw a 60, 
That is a perfect game. Exactly. So, see, this bowling analogy works really well. Way to go. Yeah. So, um, it's a lot like bowling, where if you get it to the end of the lane and it goes through, but doesn't hit anything that is important, then you don't get any points. Right. So it's not like, oh, I stuck it on the wall, that's a point. No, you have to fit it within the first ring. And the first ring is relatively It's like a four-foot circle. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not small. But there's the six points for the bullseye, Mm -hmm. then four, three, two, one. Yes. So, if you think about it, if you don't hit the bullseye once... And the bullseye is only four inches. Yeah. And if you don't hit the bullseye once... The max you can get is 40 points. Right. So that's a pretty drastic jump. Yes, it so is. So to be like, wow, this guy, his first time got 33 is pretty nuts. Because if you only got three points each time. Hold on a second. Was that a backhanded compliment? Yes, it was. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So needless to say, the coach was impressed by, I think, pretty much all of us. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the axe throwing. <laughs> yeah. Because I think we had like four ties at the last throw to see who would win so it literally came down to like the last throw determines it all and um a lot of it even came down to the last throw you either person could get enough points to win yeah there was only one like last ditch effort throw that could have won it yeah you know and uh we'll talk a little bit about the kill shot which is at the last 10th throw you can choose to aim for these like they were like two inches two or maybe inch, three yeah radius circles in the upper right and upper left hand corner of the target yeah and usually the rule is if you call them you have to hit them or you don't get anything right but being our first time we're like okay we'll make it that you can hit it if you want but if you get somewhere else that's fine so that's worth 10 points on the last turn right so, so in theory, the highest score you could possibly get, technically, would be 64. 64. Yep. So, that's pretty cool. But, you know, when I was in my match, we were even, going into the last throw. And I think it was like, I don't know, it was 28, 28 or something like that. And I, I'm like sitting there and I'm thinking... 23, 23. Well, think. we broke 30. We got to 31. No, he got to 35. Yeah, he did 35. So 25. Yeah, 25, 25. 25, 25, because I got to 31. Right, because you hit a bullseye. Yeah, so I'm sitting there, and I, the first time they told us about the kill shot, I'm like, I don't care what's going on. The last throw, I'm going for the kill shot, right? And I'm like, oh, it's come to it. Do I really throw it for the kill shot, or do I go for the bullseye? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for the bullseye. And you hit it nailed it yeah right in the middle it was beautiful everybody was impressed everyone's like oh oh he did it oh god what and then and then then it happened (laughs) and you hear i didn't even hear him call it no he like look he must have just looked at the coach and went kill shot yeah like like that just like kill shot and the coach was like Okay, because we're all like yeah nobody heard him say it and then all of a sudden you hear thunk and we all look up Oh, he hit the kill yeah. shot! Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't like nicked it in question. I mean, no. it, it it was bisected. It, yeah. And I'm like, those were... Oh, <sighs> yep. That's what I got. Yep. But, you know, there's really... If you got to go out some way... Yeah, that's a one... That's, that's, that's one where you're like, okay. That was a good game. Like, that it, was your... Yeah. And that was Corey's first round. Yeah. And, and I mean, only round. It was like high stakes. Because yeah. it was... We were going axe for axe. Yep. And I mean, there was no time where one of us stuck it and the other didn't. And I think we only missed like maybe two throws. Right. And you got to remember, like, we're talking guys that have never done this before. So maybe it's a little bit on us for our skill... But maybe it's just the fact that it's not as hard as it looks. Maybe. But um, so the tournament kept going. We like we said, there was a couple more ties, and in the last round, it was Bryson versus Jamie, which was the guy who beat Corey. Yes. So I would have been there. Well, well, maybe you could have lost yeah. there with therein. Yeah. So we get to the final round, and I wasn't. It was pretty much tied right until the end, wasn't it? 
yeah. No, I was the underdog at one point. I think. Yeah, it went, and I mean, it was all going of, back and forth. Basically, yeah, all the things for the tournament, which was awesome. We did all I excited. I don't think we missed a single axe on the last round. No. But it was like, you know, I was hitting a two and he did a bull. Yeah. And then I'd hit a bull and he did a two. Yeah. And uh, what was great is none of the matches were like, okay, this is the eighth seed. Sit back. It's going to be boring. But the last throw, yeah, if I'm remembering correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, he was up. Yeah. It was his throw because that was the rule. On the last throw of the, of the game, which was the tenth throw, yeah. whoever was winning got to throw first. Mm-hmm. And then the person who was losing got their rebuttal throw and that basically gives you the opportunity to, to do the kill need. shot if you can do it yeah um so on the last throw he throws and he was up by i want to say he was up by one or two yeah it was it was pretty close bit. it was pretty close he was up by one or two and he got a two yeah which put him up by four points yeah which meant the only way i was going to be able to win was with was a kill bullseye. shot or a bullseye yeah and so I decided I was going for the bullseye, and I took my time, lined yeah. it up, and bam, I nailed that bullseye. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's skipping a bit ahead in the story, but obviously both of you and I had such a great time. Definitely. That we got some for our home use, <laughs> and we built a target that yeah, to did. this day sits out in your front yard. Yeah, it is still there. And, you know, what I think is kind of impressive for us. And let's be honest. I could have put it in the backyard. Yeah. But then neighbors and passersby wouldn't be able to see us throw axes and stuff. Yeah, but when you look at the board, you know, it's a couple feet wide. It, yeah, it's um it's about it's probably about three feet wide. Yeah, and it's a little bit taller. But the middle board where the bullseye is. Yeah, there's a two by twelve where the bullseye is. Yeah, and all the marks are pretty much in that. So we're pretty good you know left and right. We should put a picture of that up with this podcast on the Facebook page. We so should. the people can see that we're not messing around. Yes, that would be fantastic. That's a great idea. So back to the event. After Axes, we had our tournament. Bryson won the engraved axe, declaring him the manliest of the day. <laughs> I got a great kick out of the fact that I'm not a member of the book club, but I won an axe that says... Super manly book club, book club, book club, manliest of the day. Yep. And so I'm like, now he has to join the book club. He will show up eventually. Well, maybe, but I definitely wasn't coming this time. Yeah, I get that. But anyway, so then after that was the knives. And I think you took a lot more to the liking of the knives than I did. Yeah, because you sucked at them. It's yeah. hard to like something that you're terrible I at. I sucked at it, and it was definitely harder than the axe. Without a doubt. You know what wasn't harder, though? <laughs> the bow. No. No, I was going to say oh, the, the, uh, the, the throwing shuriken. stars. Yeah. The shuriken, you, they were like, they're like, yeah. those are scary, man. They're fun, though. Yeah, I'm they are. we need to get some. Yeah, we will. we got to get those Templar <laughs> knives, too. Oh, those are so cool. They're like they're axe, a combo. knife combo. Yeah. So anyway, we're talking about deadly weapons here. Um, they're not, not crazy. They're but, not um, deadly. Not so, yeah, wielded the, by chumps like us. Yeah. By people that, like, would only throw it at boards. Yeah. So, um, these large knives that we used for throwing, they were pretty heavy. They were almost as heavy as the axe. They felt they're, like. they're heavier than the axes that we, those small axes that you got. Well, that's true, but I'm talking about the ones we used there. Yeah. So, you have to throw it, and it's a little bit more finesse. For sure. On those. Um, but you, and again, Jamie, which, I mean... <laughs> We were the stars of yeah, the night. Yeah, and here's the thing: like, I feel like Jamie has some like untold past, <laughs> like not quite John Wick level because he's no John Wick. But like, I feel like at some point he's gonna turn in a gold coin somewhere and return to that life, and everybody's <laughs> gonna be afraid because like it almost looked with the knives like he was purposefully trying not to be as good as he could be. Like, you know, people that are so good, they can fake like a competition right till the end, like professional hustlers. Yeah. Like I had to face him in the knife tournament and I had like, we literally, it was me versus Cameron and we, gosh, Cameron was scary with the knives. Yeah. And we hadn't stuck. Oh no, it was Matt. And we, in our competition, 10 throws didn't stick a single knife. (laughs) so it got to the point where it was whoever hits it and sticks it first wins (laughs) after five throws like that we still hadn't done it 
So finally, like, I grab a ninja star, I grab one, I'm like, closest to the black mark on the board <laughs> wins. And I ended up winning, even though it was, like, identical. So we literally would have had to get so, tape out. for the record, that tournament also came down to me and Jamie. Yes. The last round. And he had me in that round way worse than he had me in the oh, next yeah. one. He had me by eight points. Yeah. So the only way I could win was the kill shot. And here's the worst part. So the kill shot on knives was literally a hole in the board in the yeah. middle of the target. Like an inch. It was an inch hole. Yeah. And you had to hit it dead nuts. And you had to hit it hard. Yeah. And here's the worst part. I threw that last knife and I hit it. Yeah. But I didn't hit it hard enough. Yeah. If I had thrown that knife just a little harder, I would have won. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, that would have been rude. I can't win two. I can't win two out of the two tournaments. Yeah. But I also feel like... So I got to face Jamie in the second round, which is like, I'm like, this is is like way too much to be coincidence. But I had gone in not being able to stick a single one. Yeah. And I finally started sticking them during the tournament. Yeah. And he was missing and they were like hitting. And like, I look at him, I'm like, there's no way that he isn't purposefully missing. Because I turn over in the first match, and he's over there throwing three of them, stick, 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 repeatedly. But it is what it is. So knives weren't really my thing, but you kind of took off to them right away. Which is funny, because then you bought those while I bought the axes. Yes. And then you brought them home. And and I couldn't stick a damn thing. So I spent probably 20 minutes the other day sharpening one. And it's sharp now. Yeah, it is. It's sharp. It's kill somebody sharp. But then I went out there and I was testing and I started sticking that one. And I go, let me just try the other ones just to see. And then I started sticking those. And Bryson got real angry. So that pushed me to the point of now I have to do it. So I went out there and it took me like... Probably what, what do you think, like five five rounds yeah. of throwing three? And then I found my groove. Yeah, which was, it was simply, and I think, you know, we're throwing where it's angled on the ground, so it's a bit different of a throw than what we were doing before. Yeah. But once you get it, you've got it. Right, and it, it, it was at that point that I I only missed maybe like four yeah. knives after that. Yeah, it, was all, it was all uphill from there. But I think the surprise of the day... Was the super cheap throwing axes I got in a pack of three? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. So they were like, they these axes are like all metal with like a paracord handle. Yeah, I think the company is SOA, uh, or SOG or SOG, SOG. It's definitely SOG, and these are literally three for three for the cost of one cold steel axe. Yeah, and actually, actually less than that because an actual cold steel axe like forty five dollars. Yeah. And these are like $28 for three mm-hmm. <laughs> with two day shipping. Yeah. Ready to go. And they throw awesome. Yeah. But the thing like, so why I don't, I wouldn't say I don't like them because they're fun. But they're, they're almost too easy. Yeah. They're, they're too much like knives for me. Because what I like about the axe is, you know, I like the two-handed throw. Yeah. Because I can do the one-handed. I do one-handed with the other axe I bought. But it just it's something like where you do the two-handed and it's got the longer wooden uh, you, yeah, but see, handle. So that's the opposite for me. So you like doing the two-handed throw because it feels burly. Yeah. What, make, what feels burly for me is wielding a two-handed weapon with one hand. <laughs> yeah, which you didn't do once successfully. Sure I did. Not here. Yeah, I did. No, I don't. I fake news. <laughs> but anyway, so I got some TLC to do to that one because it came, and the end of the axe was chipped a little bit. Not the axe, but the handle. Yeah, I think you can just wrap some tape on it. I I'm gonna just fine. cut it off a little bit because usually at the place they said they cut off like four or five inches. Yeah. And I don't want to do that, but I'm gonna strip the ha- the head so it'll be the plain steel, not black. I think that'll look really cool, and then I'm gonna do. Just seal the handle oh so my. it's nice. You're really getting after this. Yeah, but uh, it that definitely. I'm going to airbrush was... the knives so that they have ghost skulls on them. You should. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I'm going to 3D print an axe out of nylon. You should. The nylon's going to be here Tuesday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm willing to do some testing for science, <laughs> but um, so it's just. It's almost like darts, but to the next level for this stuff. I don't know about darts to the next level. 
Not saying darts is easy by any means. It's hand archery. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> for me, there's something, like, so I want to get one of the, like, actual two-handed axe, like, that just you wait. used to just chop wait, down listeners. trees and throw Just that. wait. Ooh. Give it a couple of months. We'll be out here with Leonidas's spear. Oh, yeah, that was, I said, <laughs> so we were talking back and forth on uh, Hangouts when I ordered it. And I'm going, oh, look at this, look at this. And then I send him a message. I'm like, how long before we just get this? And it's like the, spy- the spear from uh, the Black Panther movies. Yeah. That's got like the, the leaf-shaped head. And it was like 20 bucks. Then I found out the review said it was horrible. But still, it's <laughs> Snapped like... Snapped in half the first time. It's kind of scary, all of the uh, <laughs> the weapons you can buy on Amazon and how prevalent it is. But and then you cheap. realize, yeah, they're just people like us that, you know want to do stuff admittedly somewhat stupid in their front yard well i mean i know so many people who were like when we were when we were coming up who were our age that were like collecting throwing stars and all this different stuff i'm like wow that is so stupid yeah you are just such a you are just such a scrub and it's always the same people who are like dealing drugs out of the back of their car Mm -hmm. who have i don't know what it is with drug dealers but they love having butterfly knives and shuriken yeah it's like their favorite thing to do yeah but you know it's now now something's happened and now i've connected with them now now i think i need to sell drugs out of the back of my car or something i feel like i'm not sketchy enough to have shuriken (laughs) disclaimer bryson is joking he does not have any interest in selling drugs out of the back of his car he has his wife and child to think about it was just a joke thank you but yeah so like this i knew some people from, this message from the babbleheads legal team <laughs> yes this is from the babbleheads legal team babbleheads does not endorse selling drugs out of the back of your car thank you um but like i knew plenty of people growing up that had just like swords lying around yeah yeah and it's like they're falling out of their closet and it's like what are you doing with what? that sword can you please explain why it is that you have three katanas yeah but behind, now i behind your bedroom yeah. door but now i'm like well i can understand because i want to build like a display for all my axes but now i'm going to have throwing katanas <laughs> that sounds just like how you lose everything that's how you that's how you just seppuku yourself like Throw it, it bounces off, comes back, and you're done. Hiri kiri. But, so it sounds strange, but the people that were there throwing were, like, normal people for the most part. Like, there was, like, The people next to us were, yeah, it was like a party. It looked like they were from, like, an office. Yeah. And they (laughs) all brought beer. Yeah, oh. That was kind of a missed opportunity, but also I'm like, I don't know if we want... (laughs) <laughs> to deal yeah, with yeah we had an hour drive home yeah so getting a little getting a little uh beer in you while throwing axes and then driving an hour home is a not a responsible decision no. to make so we you made... might as well be selling drugs out of the back of your car <laughs> yeah gosh so uh we made the responsible decision or i did of providing waters in my cooler for everybody and uh we proceeded to all have the same water bottle and mix them up like six times. <laughs> so we went through a really obtuse amount of water because no one knew whose water was exactly. Whose. But uh, in the end of the day, I think the only downfall of the place was just how expensive it was. And you yeah. know, perhaps it was. I'm sure we could go back now, and we wouldn't need the coach, and it might be cheaper. But still, like for us, and I heard one's opening closer. But still, for us to drive all that way. And pay more to do something that, like... we Well, for the price of me, just me and you going and yeah. doing what we did, we haven't even spent that much in buying axes and knives to play with at my house. I mean, I have. You have? Well, I'm saying combined. Oh. So $100. We haven't spent 100 bucks. Close. Sorry, I just revealed the price. Close. <laughs> not yeah, that it but, matters. I mean, it was 50 bucks a person. <clears throat> it was 50 It's not bu- that big a deal. And I mean, so the the training was. It's training. not that big of a deal. My butt, it's not. Well, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. I mean, but the training was actual training. Yeah. And I mean, we paid ten bucks extra to do the knives and the bow. I wish maybe we could have probably lived without the five for the bow. Yeah. But it was still kind of nice to do it. I literally shot the bow one time. Yeah, so did I. So that was probably a bit of a waste. But the knives, man. But that was... but that was because it wasn't a challenge. No. I went over to the bow and I hit. I literally hit two bullseyes, 
and the rest were like right there. Mm. And I was like, well, I'm legless, so this is no fun. It was actually horrible. He broke the bow. He passed <laughs> out. We told him he did really well. It wasn't as good as he thought. Um, but no, I, yeah, that, that I didn't really take it seriously because we had done that before. I thought it would just be something cool a lot more people would like. And there were, like, a couple guys loved the bow. So Well, bow's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean. But when you're doing something that, like, you have, it's that or doing something you've never done completely new and want to get better at. It's right. an obvious choice. Exactly. The bow was something that I walked up to, did one time, showed how ginormous I am at it, if you know what I'm saying, and then you walked away. You just laid it on the table. <laughs> I did. I just, I just walked up to the bow, I set everything directly on the table, yeah. allowed everyone to go, ooh, ah, and then I walked away. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I would not be against the idea of if the location that's opening a little closer had a league maybe doing it just because it would be kind of cool to socialize but it depends on the price yeah that's you know, true it was eight weeks and i think it was like something like 150 bucks at the other place which somewhat makes sense that's not horrible but it like maybe the drive would make the difference well, how know? much closer are we talking about uh half an hour versus an hour that's a lot that's a big difference yeah but it's also still i mean we're talking about uh 30 minutes, maybe 45, depending on how do you drive. It's still not close when we could just simply set it up with our friends in the front yard. Yes. Because I believe we have quite a few friends that would be interested. Definitely. And you can take on the liability in case somebody gets injured. I have right? an umbrella policy. <laughs> Your parasol pro- uh, policy. Yeah. It's only, for, it's only for sunny days. It doesn't work for yes. rain. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's something I've uh, been working on a design for a folding movable target oh nice yeah i uh, was looking up some hardware at lowe's today when i had to pick up a new toilet seat so what happened to your toilet seat i just wanted a new one because that one was old and from the previous owners did you get one with uh, soft clothes yes i did oh the, i can't live without soft clothes anymore. yeah because i ugh. go over to people's houses and i go to like you know as a gentleman why well, I, I pick the toilet seat up i mm. pee do my business and then as a gentleman i put the toilet seat down but uh, I've gotten spoiled because I don't have a toilet in my house that doesn't have soft clothes. Yeah. So when I'm done peeing, I just take my middle finger and I flick the top of the toilet seat yep. and it goes, yep. clunk. Well, I've done that several times at not my house. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, here. Whack. I flick it and it goes, kabang! Especially if it's one of the cheap wooden ones. Oh, it's no. It's worse when it's one of the one of the, like the the wood wrapped ones, like the heavy duty ones. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying you, you those hit. It's like kaboom. Yeah. The toilet just breaks into pieces, and you just walk out the house. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the other thing is my uh, the set screws for the actual holder mm-hmm. were like stripped. Oh, nice. So after like tightening them once they'd start sliding and it's real danger zone when you can slide halfway off the toilet on the seat so it was time for a change my my toilet seat is currently broken Mm -hmm. because the hinges i okay so here's a truth bomb i have these toilet seats and they were fifty dollars a piece Mm -hmm. they're very expensive as far as i'm concerned for toilet seats and that's because they're soft clothes yeah they're wood type so they're like the nice heavy duty ones yeah and they have a built-in toddler seat for the kid which is awesome so you don't have to have one of those big bulky things that you sit on the toilet yeah um all of those things added up to me saying okay it's worth fifty dollars well they come with a one-year warranty right and i've lived in this house now for over two years Mm -hmm. i have had to replace in those two years four four of them because the hinges are made of plastic Mm. and the plastic hinges are no more than three-eighths of an inch thick at the at one point yeah and they break on that same point every single time well they say you should change that out like every six months to a year the toilet seat really yeah because no matter what you do you can't really get it as clean as everything else because everything just seeps in yeah, I guess my toilet seats do get a little little grody after yeah, a while. Yeah, once you when you take that toilet seat off and see what's underneath where it just is a butt joint. Well, you that's can gross. you can like take your toilet seat off, clean it and put it back. Yes. But who does that? Probably people like my mom. Yeah. I, I didn't. She does. And I went and I'm like 
I'm telling you what, I'm going to do that now because that was well. Horrible. That's why they make um the uh, church the brand church makes them where they um are quick release. That sounds dangerous. Huh? No, it's like a it's like a big round grommet thing that mm-hmm. they snap onto, and then you just go and it pops right off, and that whole like cover comes off, and all that's left is like this inch grommet that mm-hmm. you can clean around. Interesting. I think we've talked enough about toilets. No, let's talk more about toilet seats. So how about the the toilet seats that have cushion? Oh. They make me feel like I'm pooping in an ottoman, and I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand why anyone my, okay, would want that. My grandmother um, had, not, not only did she have, and I, I don't know if she still has it. This was my grandmother on my father's side. Mm-hmm. She has, <clears throat> when I was growing up, I hated going to the bathroom at her house because... The top toilet seat was one of those carpet covers. <laughs> and then underneath the carpet cover was one of those vinyl toilet seats that you sit on with cushion in it. And uh, so you sit down on the toilet and it goes... Just like your chair did. Yeah. And um, uh, it uh, was... Oh, just thinking about it, it just is like... Bleh. Yeah, I don't like... Don't get me wrong. I spend a fair amount of time on the toilet. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't care but, about yeah. being cushioned. Yeah, who wants to be like, all right, this is my life for the next whatever amount of time. It's got to be comfortable. I don't care how hard it is I to clean. I feel like that was an excess of the 1950s. I feel in like all I can think of when I squish that down is all the nastiness I'm squeezing out <laughs> because there's no way you're cleaning that thing right. No, no, because if it can be perforated by air. It can probably be perforated by microbes. Yep. And ugh. yeah, which Let means that, that that foam is full of poop disease. Yeah. And then like, so then they have the covers that have the cu- the cushion top. Why? Who spends their time sitting, sitting on the toilet? So that I guess I could see if you're like a lady and you do your makeup in the bathroom and the chair is in such or the chair. The toilet is in such a position that you might use it as a chair to, for, like, the vanity to do your makeup or something. Maybe. But also, I wouldn't spend more time in there than I needed to. Well, my wife does her makeup in the bathroom because that's where her makeup is. And mm-hmm. she, I, she's she got, like, a nice mirror with, like, bright lights. Yeah. You know, a very makeup-y type of space. Yeah. But she doesn't sit on the toilet because that'd be weird. Yeah. I mean, I just, I can probably count on one hand the number of times I've sat on a toilet. That's because you don't have a kid you have to bathe. Yeah, There's the sense. other time. It's yeah. when you're literally sitting in there and make sure your child doesn't drown. Yeah, that's probably a like, good idea. He's in there playing with his toys in the bath, and then the next thing you know, splash, kaboom, and bloom, and you're like, oh no, and you look over and he's face deep in a puddle of water about to die. Mm, if you weren't horrible. sitting on the toilet. You'd be a bad parent. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I never sit on the toilet. That's the wife's job. I'm a bad parent. We know this. <laughs> nah, you're fine. He says sarcastically while patting him on the leg. Um, But yeah, so the throwing axes was kind of... I think it was definitely like a confidence booster, too. Because you do it, and it's like... It's something most people never thought they could do. Yeah. And it's like... Wow, I went in and did something new, and I somewhat succeeded at it. Right, yeah. Which is kind of cool, because how many things are people like, eh, I don't know, eh, what if I'm not good at it? Well, there are things that are justified, like me surfing. Yeah. You know, there's this thing where people that surf can just drop dead from some disease you get from it? Yeah, it's just God living <laughs> I guess, cause it's literally like, <laughs> I forgot what it's called, but, like, something happens like, in your lungs. They're like, bruh, dude, dude, bruh, I got that thing, uh, bruh. It, uh, no, it, it just happens before they have a chance to do it. It's usually first-time surfers. So, like, these people that go on vacation. Is there, like, some kind of weird natural selection happening to maybe, surfers? But it's, like, the first time they go is, like, when it happens to most of them. And it's like these people that are like, man, I'm going to learn how to surf. This is going to be great. They just drop dead. And they just drop dead. Like they'll be fine. They'll walk up on the beach and then they pass away. And it's like. Just by being near the ocean? It's something with the lungs, man. I don't remember everything. It was a long time I read about it, but it's a real thing. It's kind of creepy because it's something about like, I don't know, the pressure or whatever. 
That sounds super sketchy. Yeah, but it's real. Note to self, no surfing. Yeah. It's like people that don't understand the water pressure when you're diving. Mm-hmm. And they just are like, oh, I'm going to just come out without, uh, you know, releasing air or waiting for me to decompress. Yep. Get that nitrogen concentration up and blat. Yeah. Oh, man. It's some scary stuff. And you know what's the worst part is that somebody had to discover that by dying. Well, I think that's how pretty much everything was discovered. (laughs) Can you imagine being back in the day where it's like, eat that, wait a few days. That's that's totally legit. Like, um... Like, uh, back in the day when they used to do, uh, radium stuff in, like, lotion and, like, uh, in, like, makeup and, like, moisturizers, they were putting radium. Yeah. In case anyone was wondering, radium is radioactive AF. Yeah. And they were rubbing it on their skin. (laughs) Yeah. And people were dying. And it was, um, I forget what I, where I read it, but it was, it's a certain place um, oh, it's it's in it's in France, I think it was, where the radium craze was really big, and it was in like the late 1800s or something like that. Mm. And there's actually still parts of France that will never be that won't be able to be inhabited for like ten thousand years mm-hmm. because so much radium was used there. Well, that's like, did you watch the oh. HBO show Chernobyl? I did. Let me. Yeah. I don't want to forget. It was the. It was. It, it was actually one of the women who was like a big person in the movement yeah. that did that her diary is so irradiated that it can't be touched gross that's how incredible is that and back then they used to like line food containers with asbestos yeah well that's like so not to get too much into chernobyl because i could we could do an entire episode on that um and all the things but the extent they had to go to to contain the spread of radiation was insane. Like within a hundred miles around it, they had to kill all wildlife and animals. So Right, so they couldn't radiate and then spread. Yeah. So like it was horrible, but it was people's jobs to go and put down house pets. And it was literally, you know, in the show the guy threatens the guy and says, If you make them suffer, yada yada yada. Dramatized. Yeah. You know, who knows if that's how they felt, but it was literally horrible because these pets were just excited to see somebody and they had to put them down. Like, that's just horrible. But to perhaps a worse extent, they, uh, when that first happened, everyone was in such denial and trying to cover their own asses that they called in the fire departments. So these guys were at the, uh, the silo, the, the destroyed zero. silo. And, one of the, in the movie, one of the or the show, one of the guys picks up a black stone, which is the graphite from inside the reactor. Graphite? Yeah, it's graphite. Uranium? Graphite, because graphite's what they use to kind of control it. Ah. I don't remember everything, so I don't, don't want to go too yeah, into it. But it was graphite. But it's so irradiated that he touches it, and like seconds later, it had burned through his gloves and was burning through his hands. Damn. So the one guy that was like a work a technician there, they're like. It didn't explode. You need to go up there and look down into the, the the reactor. So he does. He comes back and his face is just red because he had to look over into the steam from the reactor. Weeks later, that guy's not even weeks later, just a few days later, that guy's face was gone. And um, so all these firefighters, you know, the ones that were just around it, they started burning. So they took them to a hospital and they stripped their clothes and threw them in a basement downstairs and were trying to help these guys, they all ended up passing away. To this day, like they actually, at the end of the film, they went down with a one of the testers into that hospital to where all that stuff still is. And they just had to leave it there. Yeah, right? and it's deadly radioactive to this day. And they were wearing it. And it's something like, to this day, if you went in there and st- spent more than, I think, like 30 seconds there, you would die. Now. Damn. So, um, the worst part too was everybody from the local town went to a bridge to watch it because all the lights from the explosion and stuff were quote unquote beautiful. So people were bringing their kids there to see it and everything. All those people died. See, this is why, this is why, uh, why, um, nuclear power gets a bad rap. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, though, it was incompetence that caused that. Oh, disaster. yeah, and it was literally something that was a flaw that you have to watch the show. It was 100% preventable is what it um, was. 
Okay, spoiler alerts quick. It's not a spoiler, dude. But it can't be a spoiler. The, well, the, it's a it, historical so, like, event. Yeah, but spoiler alert. So they made these graphite, and instead of making the tips out of the right material, they made it out of graphite. So under circum certain circumstances, it would literally cause the thing to explode because it couldn't go together. Leave it to the Ruskies. So instead of paying a lot of money to get that fixed, they decided to just ignore it. So that was one big problem. So the guy who literally fixed everything, like he came up with the plan to stop it. He came up with all these plans to fix it and prevent it from, it could have been a world disaster because it never truly got to the point where like it spread as bad as it could have. The guy that came up with all of this realized the flaw at some point on and had people investigating it. And meanwhile, the government's trying to stop him from investigating it. Um, so he had to go to the Vienna Convention and tell him, listen, it's all good. We got this. It was nothing. You know, it was a fleek accident. It was incompetence by this one guy. He's going to be punished and act like Russia was all good. But then they had an internal thing in Russia. And he finally got the guts to be like, listen, this is wrong. You know, we've caused this problem, all this stuff. And he called him out. And the guys are like, congratulations, you're never going to be heard from again. <laughs> but we won't kill you because we need you alive, because then it would confirm your claims. So, like, a couple years later, he hid his notes for somebody could find him and killed himself so that people would start taking it seriously. Because he knew that was the only way they would get it, they would actually change it, is if they were under further scrutiny for it right. by the entire world. Right, because like, they're probably doing it in other places, right? Yeah, so obviously you never know if he was just killed by the KGB or if he killed himself. But regardless, his death was the only thing that brought legitimacy to his claims. Speaking of KGB and scary communism, yeah, how about China last week? <sighs> Dude, like I sent you that, oh, like I, I'm not for, I don't know, it's just... It's horrible on both sides because I, I truly feel like they're looking at the police officers like the bad guys and is like, are all of them really like, go this, go that? No, no, it's not that. It's not, I'm not, I'm not even trying to push it there. Yeah. What I'm saying is just, it's crazy. How scary is communism? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, and I don't care what you say. I mean, it, unfortunately, every time that communism has been tried and it's happened in, in Russia and it ha yep. is happening in China. When you create a system like that and you suppress the people and you suppress their voice and their curiosity and their freedom to mm -hmm. um, get information and all that stuff. When you do all of those things, those terrible, terrible, horrible, really bad things, bad stuff happens. Yeah, and the people that are like, well, that was just a bad instance of it. It's The problem is you have to have absolute faith in them people. And people, I'm sorry to admit, are not that great. No, we if, all kind of suck. If actually. they dropped billions of dollars in someone's lap and are like, hey, you're going to equally distribute this, right? Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's just, there's, again, I haven't really looked too much into communism. But you look at the examples and just the excuse that, well, they're just not doing it right doesn't really hold water. <laughs> there be, there definitely comes a point where somebody was doing something, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just the whole premise of it is just Well, by the same ticket, off. though, we no one has ever really had true democracy either. No. Um, I mean, we're, we're not a democracy at all. We're a democratic republic. Yeah. Um, but that's not the same. And, yeah. and true democracy is chaos. Yeah. Like, actual true democracy is terrifying, as is to me, as terrifying as communism is. Yeah. Because... It's anarchy. Yeah. And the same thing goes for if you're talking socialism versus um, capitalism, where capital, true market, like true capitalism is kind of terrifying yeah. because it very easily de devolves into crony capitalism yeah. and it allows people, because people suck, it allows certain people, sucky people, to get into positions where they can really take advantage of other people. Yeah, and I think the truth is that a lot of people realize that there is no true perfect system. No, it's some hybrid of everything. Yeah, it's you have to find a way to make it work. So far, the best system so far, and this is pretty much the system we live under, is a democratic republic with 
some sprinklings of socialism. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I know enough to be like, oh, this is perfect or that or that. But the people that are like the armchair professionals. Yes. But when you point out something, oh, like people are like, oh, yeah, communism. Yeah. And I'm like. How many years were people like, look at how great Venezuela is. Yeah. They're socialist. They're the best socialist country on earth. Look how that turned out. Yeah. Or, um, so something a lot of people don't know, even if they graduated from high school, is that, uh, unions really came about from communism. Yeah. And unions are anti-capitalism. Yeah. And actually. so like, I think at one point unions were good because people, it prevented people from taking advantage of people. Yeah. Well, you, I think unions came from a good place. But now. But, but they've become crony in a way as well yeah. now. So they, they take money from the people that they're supposed to represent, and they're really only in it for themselves, too. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, in America anyway, at least from in the area that we live in, unions have killed more jobs than they've created. Yeah. My but. dad worked for a company that closed almost 100% because the union kept demanding increases in pay. Yeah. And the company just could not sustain the levels of pay that they were demanding yeah and i mean again i'm not an expert on unions i've had limited exposure through my father like you did through your father and it's something where i don't think there's any perfect solution but people who think that everybody is a good person that's out to help everybody forget about it's just blind yeah you know that's why you need a, a thing of checks and balances and people that are like well you know, the majority of people should say what's going on, even if they're nowhere near where I am. And it's right, like, and that's where people people have lost sight of what the Electoral College in the United yes. States is meant for. It's not meant to shoo one party or another in. It's supposed to try and balance it in a way, in the same way that the Senate is balanced, by the way, yeah. which is that every state, because every state counts equally in the Senate. Yeah, because it's a republic. Repre- because we're a republic. It gets equal representation. The House is different. Yeah. But... In this, and in the same way, the Electoral College helps prevent the, the most populous states from completely overwhelming and subseding the interests of the smaller states. Yeah, which it's just, it's a basic thought. And I had a, this discussion with someone about that. And they're like, well, it's broken. We just got to get rid of it. Well, you know, the, that's okay. If the big cities determine what goes on, that's fine. And then I'm like, you live in New York. You know how bad... It is that we have to just bow to the whims of the city, right? He's like, well, yeah. If it doesn't work in a state. How's it going to work as a federal level? Yeah. Well, the problem is is that at the end of the day, we our federal government is so much more involved than the Founding Fathers ever really envisioned. No. I mean, they, they were uh, huge advocates of states' rights. And again, you know, everybody wants to poop on the founding fathers now and it's like nobody's perfect yeah it's like oh man george washington was so horrible what he did to his soldiers like we would not exist if he didn't make the hard choice to do what he did yeah and he did some pretty horrible stuff i mean he did some pretty horrible stuff yeah but how much do you think of that is actually true I mean, how much? I mean, it, how much of it is blown up by history at this I'm, point? I'm just talking about like the sacrifices he made oh. and the lives he cost his men. I mean, that's war. That's yeah, you. Can't. But to win the type of war he had to fight, which was pretty much guerrilla warfare, it was the very first yeah use I mean, of guerrilla warfare. Tactics. That's what had to happen, and it's like it's all well and good to look back now and say, "Oh, this was horrible, whatever." But if that didn't happen. We would still be part of Great Britain. God, we would be like Canada. <laughs> but, I mean, we wouldn't even be what we are now. Like, right. There's no way that we would be as big as we are. It God, would we, be, we would uh, be like second Australia. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, like, who knows? We'd probably be like five or six different countries. Yeah, who knows? There's no way to know. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at britain's conquest and what they became later on pretty much their own places because they just decided to leave or were forced out smell you later britain gotta go yeah but well before we get too political i think that's definitely we've talked about politics before but maybe history would be a fun one to talk about and 
know, how talk they're ripping how, down all the memorials. Maybe for, we could talk about how Christopher Columbus was not such a bad dude. I don't know if I can agree with you on that one. I bet you. I bet you that you have been sold into this idea that's been popular lately about how horrible Chris Columbus was. Every one of those guys was pretty bad. Yeah, but you know what, though? He was one of the least bad. Out of all of the, like, conquistador-type guys, Columbus recently has gotten this huge, wicked bad rap. Mm -hmm. And I would say a good 80% of the stuff they're now claiming that he did never happened. Probably. But that's something we'll have to talk about on the next episode. Maybe. Of the Babbleheads podcast, if we remember. We probably won't. Let's be honest. Don't get excited about talking about history because we're going to forget. Yes, but remember, do research for yourself. Don't yes. just take what we have to say as facts. Yeah, because most of the time we're wrong. Yes, or we want to encourage you to have your own thoughts. Yeah, because we do that. We come to the table with some research under our belts. Totally. And with that, we'll see you in the next episode. Later.